week I started um, a message, and I'm going to continue with that message. And today it's called, They Are Called Overcomers. And so hang with me. There's a lot of word today. I know that Holy Spirit will speak to your hearts. And um, I have a few little statements here. The world is large. What can a few do? And he said, they are called overcomers. The world is large, so what can a few do? They are called overcomers. Amen? Say, that's me. In Jesus' name. We know that in Revelation 12, 11, it says that they've overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, loving not their own lives, even unto the death. It's a sold-out company of believers, of saints, of the family of God, and God has chosen to reveal himself to his family, and he's chosen to work through his family to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and here we are, right? And so we're so grateful. Say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Okay, so let's go to Romans chapter 5, and we're going to unfold what he's saying today. Romans chapter 5, I want to start on verse 15. I'm going to read this one verse, and it says, But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Romans 5, 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. The offense that they're talking about here is a great transgression when sin entered mankind. Okay? So the great offense is a transgression. It is a sin and an offense. But the free gift is not like the offense, for by one man's offense, sin and disobedience, many died. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace, which is forgiveness and obedience, of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So here's the good news, and we're going to unfold it. Jesus Christ took the offense of sin into his body, nailed it on the cross in himself, destroyed it by his love and by his forgiveness and his obedience. He took the offense of all mankind from the beginning when Adam and Eve fell to the end, to the last soul, yes? This is the glory. The offense is sin and disobedience. That's the great transgression. So now there's a gift that comes from heaven, from our heavenly father, to take that offense and take it in himself and allow his son to carry that and become that, to become a worm cursed and crucified on that cross, to take sin, sickness, disease, hell, and everything that goes with it into his body so that he could bring forgiveness and healing and wholeness and recovery and peace and shalom and freedom and liberty. You hear it? It is a glorious gospel and eternal life. That's what Jesus Christ has done. And maybe we need a few good men and women, you say? What are they called? The world is so large. What can only a few do? There's an old Marine statement. It says, we're looking for a few good men and women, right? But Jesus Christ has called us. 
his family, his saints, those who follow him. He's called us forth and we are born again to overcome and thrive in the midst of adversity and trouble because it's Christ in me. Say, I've been born again to thrive, especially in the midst of adversity. Oh, nobody wants to say that one, especially in the midst of adversity and trouble. We'll see it again. We are born again to overcome and thrive in the midst of adversity and trouble because Christ in me. So you bring a little bit of adversity to Jesus, he comes alive. What adversity he took on the cross. It was violent. They tortured him. They destroyed his body. You understand? He bore the pain. Yes, and Christ in me, that's the love of God taking our sin upon himself to save us. And because he lives inside of us, I was born again to overcome. That's why you see in Revelation 12, 11, they overcome Satan. So he hit the, the chief of the party over there. He didn't just hit the spirit of fear or the spirit of bondage or your troubles. He hit the head. He says, we, the body of Christ, the overcomers, we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb because the lamb took the offense. Amen? Because of Christ in us. Now we're going to continue. Go uh, Romans 5, start at verse 1. Okay? Romans 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, everybody say, we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Like, what are you looking to see in this life? Mine is like the glory of God. You can have that too. You can share it. It is my desire to see the glory of God, and the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we come to him by faith and we receive this peace through Jesus Christ and we have access to this grace and we stand in what he has done. I can't stand in my own strength. We'll never make it. Yes, we can only stand because he stands <laughs> and is currently at the right hand of God Almighty waiting. Amen. So verse three, he says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation will produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone might dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the summation of what I just told you. So Christ died for those who hated him, were fallen from God in sin, 100% lost. And he took everything that we've ever done into himself with love and joy and obedience to the Father. Yes, this is our great salvation. 
Going to verse nine, he says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. There is a wrath of God coming. There's a wrath of the lamb coming. But to those who are in Christ Jesus, we are not appointed to that wrath because of what Jesus Christ has done. Everybody should say amen. Amen. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Verse 10, he says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his own son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We are saved by his life. We are saved by his life. And we can, we can receive that every day. Every day, we know we're being saved by his life. We receive the life of God in us every day. Life and life abundantly, Yes. Verse 11, it says, and not only that, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Reconciled back to God. We have an eternal promise of being with God in heaven forever. This is good news. And if we don't know the Lord Jesus, then we don't have that promise And that's why we preach this gospel and that's why we're being saved and that's why we need to know the truth. And we're entrusted with this truth and we're gonna be giving it to others because God the Father desires that none would perish, right? So here's the charge of the church. Now go to Matthew 7. You can just meditate on that chapter for a while because that that Romans is just loaded. Yes, just loaded with truth. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, verse 13, he says, Matthew 7, 13, he says, so enter in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and few there be who find it. I love this verse, because this is the verse that got me born again. Saved me from hell and being a good person. (laughs) Right? And so I'm just saying, this verse means something to me, and it means something to all believers, because Jesus is saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, but it's a lordship issue. You can believe in him, but he's not Lord of your life. You haven't given him your whole heart. Everything, and I mean everything, belongs to him. When you get born again and you make him Lord. And he says, listen, this is good news what I just told you, but it's a narrow way. And it's narrow, not that there won't be only a few that make it. Hallelujah. It's narrow because there's only one man, Christ. And his word and his blood and that you get there. It's a narrow way. You can't bring anything of yourself to it. You can't bring in your good works or your righteousness or your good looks. You can't bring in your money. Nothing will give you this but Jesus. The way, the truth, and life. The one we're speaking of now. It's a narrow way. Few there be who find it. Now, what do you see? I told you earlier, I see glory, right? The world sees darkness. I see light in the face of Christ. 
So if you gaze at the darkness, your eyes will be filled with darkness and that will penetrate your entire soul. If you gaze in the eyes of Christ and you gaze into eyes of fire and you gaze into his love and light, you yourself will manifest that light and great will be your light. Jesus said of the church that we're a city set on a hill. You can't hide it. You're the salt of the earth. So shine, Jesus, shine. This is the call of the overcomers of the church. Yes. So where do we go from here? We have prayer and we have to pray and we have to abide and we have to remain, right? We have to do all these things. And it means just abide in him and his word and you'll bear much fruit, right? We have to know that each and every one of us were born for this time. If you're alive and well now, you were, God put you here for now. God put us here for now. It wasn't an accident, correct? So we were born for such a time as this. If you're here, it's here. You're here for a purpose. We all have purpose, don't we? We do have a call and we have to understand where we're going. So we have to abide and remain in him and his word and spirit. We have to move in what we call the prayer of faith. That means why pray if you don't believe? So we have to believe what we're praying. We have to believe God, don't we? We have to be faithful in what God has given us to do. We also have to be accountable, yes? And we've got to feed that flame. We've been talking about that since last fall. What has God put inside of you, which is his love and his passion, his zeal, his word, and feed that flame. Jesus said that he would vomit out of his mouth the lukewarm, warm. I guess it could be like a worm. Uh, the lukewarm in Luke 3 of his church, right? He says, you can be hot, you can be cold, but if you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So we want to be hot and we want to be all in for Jesus, yes? We want to be obedient and do whatever he's called us to do. We're supposed to stay connected and submitted to God and all of our spiritual authorities. We need to know our sphere of authority and be faithful in it, yes? All these things go together as God's calling us. Overcomers, all of this goes together. We need to stay clear of offense. I touched on that last week. We talked about being offended with one another, judging one another, and as in brothers and sisters in Christ. And we understand we're going to continue with that a little bit, but we're going to talk a little bit more around Jesus with this. And uh, we all know that we need to stay clear of offense, right? You know, you just, that's what it is. Someone says, well, they're just carrying their emotions on their sleeve, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Some, it doesn't matter what you do. You look at them wrong and they're all hurt. Yes, that's the spirit of it. But it's deeper than that. The actual word for offense is a snare or a trap. John Bevere called it the bait of Satan. Well said. All right? And so from the concordance, it literally means any impediment placed in the way causing someone to stumble or fall. An offense. Any impediment placed in the way that's set there to cause you to stumble and fall. Any offense right? Anything that's set there. A stumbling block. We've all heard of that before. Any person or thing by which one is entrapped or drawn into error or sin. To offend an offense is a stumbling block for you, an enticement to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. Like I should trust and obey you, but I'm, I'm offended. So I'm not sure I trust you anymore. Right? To cause to fall away. And today we know that many Christians who have fallen away or go back to the world or sin do so because they've been offended and they've never been healed, correct? It's a pride issue. 
It also means to cause, to fall away, to see in another what I disapprove of and what hinders me from acknowledging their authority. Little disagreements go a long way sometimes. To cause to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. Your feet are entangled. You're annoyed. (laughs) Uh, To one, to cause one displeasure or a thing. To make indignant and displeased. Now that's a bunch of definition for offense. But if we check into it, you're going to see how it applies across the board. And remember where we started. So back, go back to Romans 5. (laughs) And you're going to be loving Jesus more than you did when you walked in today. Romans 5. He wasn't just offended with us because we fell. He took our offense. And loved us and saved us. So back in Romans 5 again, we're going to look at verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the offense, which was the sin and the disobedience, a great transgression. For if by one man's offense, he's referring to Adam and Eve, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For by the one man's offense, death reigned through that one man. Much more, those who receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, Jesus, right? The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For if by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous, right with God. Amen? (laughs) Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Sin cannot defeat Jesus. He defeated sin, right? So that as sin reigned in death, because that's the fruit of it and the wages of it, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So again, please stay in that chapter this week. Meditate. It is so rich to see Jesus even was considered a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. That's in Romans 9.33. Jesus was considered a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, the scripture says. Isn't this amazing? His own people said, you're a stumbling stone. You're a rock of offense to me. Not even knowing what was coming, yes? So let's look a little bit. John 6 This Jesus, this Jesus who was not offended with our sin, but literally became the offense and bore the wrath of God in himself so that we might live forever. Amen? 
Because we can never attain to the righteousness of God in our own strength, but only through the blood of Jesus, through faith in him and his lordship. All of John 6 is awesome, but uh, we're going to look at verse 61. Because Jesus was laying it down. He says, if you want to believe in me, this is it. You're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're going to have to covenant with me and you're going to receive what I'm going to do. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. You're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right? He's returning to his body, his sacrifice, his offering for all to be saved. And many were offended. It says, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said, does this offend you? John 6, 61, right? This is before the cross. After the cross and their eyes are open, they are flooding to Christ. Before, they're like, whoa, this is a hard saying. Who can be saved? They're offended with his straight and narrow way that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you believe in me and you receive everything I'm giving you, I will give you eternal life. You will never die in me. But it, he wanted their whole life and they were offended because he wanted all of them. Right? They followed his miracles. They followed the salvations, the great and mighty works that he did. But it came down to lordship, that narrow way. I am all you need. I am your all in all. And he's about to tell them, I am God in the flesh. I am the son of God. And you're going to have to believe it 100%. I'm Messiah. That, right? <laughs> Go to Matthew eleven six. 6. Wow. Offense. See, offense just got out of the box and you're just offended with your husband and wife, right? Okay. Matthew 11. Praise God. We're going to look at verse uh, 5 because we can. Matthew 11, verse 5. He said, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Go over to Matthew 13, verse 57. He lays out the truth, which we're going to read some of that in a little bit. And in verse 57, he said this, Matthew 13, 57, he says, So they were offended at him because Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Because he went back to home, brought the word of the Lord, and they didn't receive it because he was Joseph's son. He was Mary's son. He was a carpenter. And they were offended, the entire city of Nazareth, yes? And to call him a prophet, they were offended with this. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. He had, he had a destination he was going for. Matthew 15, verse 12. <laughs> As he continues to teach and debate over traditions, in verse 12 it says, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard you say these things? Did you know you ticked off the religious leaders? You know, the ones that are supposed to be your authorities. Did you know you offended them with the life and the spirit and the truth that you're bringing? Because the word is the word. The law was a law, but it was the added on, built on traditions of men, right? That was not of the Lord. And he nailed it, didn't he? Go to Matthew 18. Verse 7. 
He goes on, he says, woe to the world because of offenses. Because offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Oh my goodness, I don't want to be that stumbling block. I don't want to be that offense. I don't want to be that trap. I don't want to be that snare. I don't want to walk in my flesh, right? You understand that? And Jesus said it again, woe to the world. (laughs) Remember I started out, how big is the world? What can a few people do? What's our job? Man, Jesus himself in Matthew 24, 10 said, of the end times, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Correct? It's been around since dirt. (laughs) But in the end, it's going to get worse in this respect. And so he's directing us right? He's directing us to the word of the Lord, and you have to remember who he is and what he has done. And when you stand in truth and stand therefore, correct, in his word, in his life, and in his kingdom, then it'll pass over you. Not that you won't feel that when they hate you, betray you, curse you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you for his sake. But you have to remember what he has done and what he took for, our, for all of us, yes? This is encouraging. And we have to remain faithful in prayer. We've got to hold the line, okay? He, we are praying to go forward, upward. We're advancing, but we're holding the line. We have to continue to pray, pray the prayers in the Bible. You have to remain and abide in his word. You have to be steadfast. You have to be immovable. You have to be faithful. You have to be loyal. You have to be hardworking. Never quit. You have to believe that God does above and beyond what we could hope, think, or imagine. You have to be faithful unto death. He said, I'll give you life. Your life is not your own. You live for Christ to accomplish his will. I die daily, he says, and he lives. I live to Christ, not your own strength, but God's evil abounds and grace abounds all the more. Do you hear the steadfastness of God encouraging you, encouraging us? Stand therefore, stand fast. Know what's going down. And Jesus offended everybody more than anybody else. And he's truth and he's love and he's good and he's God. But his word will offend the flesh. Truth will offend your soul until you lay hold of that truth and you're like, oh my God, this truth saved my soul. And you give that up and you yield that to God and you turn from your wicked way and you lay hold of what was laid hold of for you. Knowing he took that offense. But at first, like, you're offered salvation. You're like, oh, woe is me. I'm a sinner. I'm undone. I don't deserve God. I'm guilty as charged. But the grace abounds all the more. Then he adds to that. It's like the icing on the cupcake, by the way. You know, it's just the yummiest part of the cupcake. And he says, and by the way, I'm not going to just save your hide. You are going to receive my righteousness. Clothe you in it. Breastplate. I'm going to make you like me because of my blood and my name and call us his bride. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Wow, what an offense to the devil. And he hates this, right? But this is the goodness of God. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 
We know that most humans, if you're like alive and breathing, struggle and have struggled with the world. So the Apostle John lays it out clear in all of 1 John, but we're going to look at chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And it says this, 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. So right there, just reading that, your flesh feels offended. Because you start going down the list of all the things you do in this life. What does God want me to do? Just go be a monk, you know? And, and just whatever, you know, I can't play anything. I can't do anything. I can't eat anything, you know. No, he's going after the root of it. Yes, the love of it. This is not your Lord. He is, right? We have to be about our father's business. Now go to Matthew 13. <laughs> it's good news. Say amen. amen. <laughs> Matthew 13. He builds his house upon the rock. Matthew 13, verse 3. Woo-hoo. <laughs> you ready? He says, then he spoke many things to them in parables. Uh, these words are all in red. I've been telling everybody, I think every time I have an opportunity, read the words in red. Right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read the words in red. They're Jesus' words. Okay, he says... Behold, a sower went out to sow. Verse 4, and he sowed, and some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. But some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. And then when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell upon the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. The others fell on good ground. Say, good ground. And yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And he just said, he who has an ear, let him hear. In verse 10, he goes on. He says, and the disciples came to him and says, why are you speaking in these parables? <laughs> He's like, just speak clearly. Right? <laughs> we continue. Verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Wow. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? Why does he speak the way he does? Because we are supposed to know and receive the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. While we're on earth, when you're in heaven, you don't need the mysteries. There it is. Yes? <laughs> it's a mystery on the planet. But to them it has not been given, he said. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Verse 12. For whoever has to him more will be given. Whoever has to him more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Verse 13. So therefore I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they don't see, and hearing they don't hear, and they don't understand. 
And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which said, in hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, and they that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. <laughs> Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Amen. Surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and they didn't see it and to hear what you hear and they didn't hear it. So therefore hear the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of what? The word that offense, the truth. <laughs> Immediately he stumbles. Stumbles? Stumbles? Verse 22, and now he received the seed among the thorns. Is he who hears the word, but you know, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life right? <laughs> the love of that world, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke that word, and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 23, but he who received the seed on the good soil, on the good ground, it is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some 60, and some 30. Wow. Is that amazing? The offense has been settled by Jesus once and for all. Go to Matthew 16. The biggest distraction is the world, right? And the heart. And that's the area the flesh has to come into agreement with God, the way, the truth, and the life. Right? You can't be in a hurry. You got to take time. You got to abide. You got to remain. You got to receive his word. You got to follow him all the days of your life. But it always comes back down to those two things. I'm too busy, busy, dreadfully busy. Madam Blueberry, VeggieTales, right? That's what it looks like. The world, the flesh, right? The cares of this life, offense because of the truth. Whatever it may be, he settled it all right there in those passages. And we go back to our Romans 5. What did he do? So in Matthew 16, verse 21, my little subtitle over it says, Revelation of Jesus' death. <laughs> it says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and be raised the third day. Amen. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, and he says, far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not happen to you. And he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. 
You are an offense to me because you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. He settled it. He settled it. And that's what it looks like. Even when he says, this is my purpose, they didn't understand yet. Peter loved him. We would have done the same thing. Lord, no, right? We don't want you to leave. What are you talking about? And he knew he was not talking to flesh and blood, but he had to rebuke the flesh, right? That this was the enemy was speaking through. And that's why he addressed, I told you earlier in Revelation 12, 11, they have overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. Yes. And now he addresses Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Right? You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That right there. If you don't remember anything else I said today, remember that. That's where the offense lies. We've got to be mindful of the things of God. Yes? Not the world, not the flesh, not the devil, not men. Mindful of the things of God because he had a plan. You're a stumbling block to me. I mean, there it is right there. And he was the one that took our offense. And yet that offense tried to keep him from going to the cross. It is amazing to me. Yes? One last try. Oh, no. There's got to be another way. Right? Man. Matthew 16, verse 24. So he says, so Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There it is. For whoever desires to save his life is going to lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For whose sake? For his sake. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Wow. That's the battleground, right? So he's saying, he's pointing to that cross. He wasn't even there yet. (laughs) But they understood what the cross meant, okay? If anyone desires to come after me, if you're going to be my disciple and follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily, yes? Die to yourself daily. And if you try to save your own life, you're going to end up losing it. But if you'll go ahead and die now and follow me, you will have eternal life, yes? What profit is it going to be in the end if we just gain the whole world, all the riches therein, and whatever? That was a great life, and spend eternity in hell, right? That's the bottom line. That's it. That's where we are. Verse 27, he says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father, with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works, which is what I spoke on last week. Yes? Surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not even taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. For the joy set before him, Jesus, us, he came for us. The offense, he took it all. And now the flesh is having to work through earthly fleshes earthly offenses. And when you stand in truth, which we're called to do, and people are offended with the truth. They're offended with Christ. They're offended with the way. And you're just the flesh in the way, right? You're the first person they're going to launch at. They're lost. They're blinded. They don't know yet until that grace of God comes near them and uses us human beings to tell them what Jesus Christ has done for us. 
that possibly maybe they will be saved. Yes, it's the only hope. And earlier I said that I had a vision in worship when they're singing, great are you, Lord, of countless numbers of steeds running, beautiful, glorious, silver color, and it was redemption. Swift steeds running, each one of us with redemption. Silver always refers to redemption and redeemed. There was no turning back, not on the defense, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, amen? It's that, it is I have the answer, I have the gospel, I have the truth. And you share that redemption and you go out and redeem and save them, bring them in, correct? So that's the word of the Lord today. He is jealous for us and it will continue on and I pray that you hear what he has to say. So let's stand up. Wow, how about that? We love you, Jesus. <laughs> Your word is truth, God. And we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Teach us. Holy Spirit, help us in daily offenses. Teach us how to crucify and how to overcome those offenses through the blood, through forgiveness, through repentance, through walking in the Spirit, by abiding, remaining, be faithful, accountable, submitted, we thank you, Lord, that the truth is the truth. Thy word is truth. And we love you with all of our hearts. Settle it in our hearts, God. One man's sin, offense, Jesus Christ took it all and gave us righteousness. And we are so grateful for the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.